This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from The Serpent and the Wings of Night with mentions of Twilight, Shadowhunters, and Buffy. For full list, please see show notes. There are also discussions about toxic parents and sexual assault. everybody and welcome to a court of fandoms and exploration your weekly deep dive into the ya literature and fandoms that we love i'm laura marie and i'm jessica marie and today we are discussing a serpent and the wings of night by carissa broadbent and here at akafe we (laughs) we are very consistent that's something we pride ourselves on and we happen to say that the first little bit of a book, be that the first chapter or the prologue, will tell us how the book ends, right? Everything will sync up there. So we have, just before we get into anything, we have a prologue here that says that this little girl is going to be the downfall of this man and this empire. So shocking, probably (laughs) no one. (laughs) That happens. That happens. That happens at the end of this book. Uh, so it, it is very, uh, nice, I guess, that it is a full circle, uh, moment, but it does kind of, uh, make you read this book a certain way. Do you agree? Yeah. I, I'm starting to pick up on that pattern and I'm wondering if it's just the fantasy genre in general, because that's usually what we cover here on the podcast. And um, crime. Oh, yeah. And crime. But like that and like, politics like everything is kind of folds into that um and i just yeah and i'm starting to see i don't know if that's like a formulaic thing or if it's just the books that we've been reading look i'm just proud of myself that i felt really smart in this book okay (laughs) and it is something to be said that like once you see a pattern you can't unsee a pattern right so now that you see that everything should be explained in the first part of like the first chapter or the prologue at the end you're just like oh well haha good for us so that that is very interesting and of course we're going to go through the whole book don't you worry uh, but i just wanted to start off with this prologue it's just very funny and it does kind of ring consistent with akafe because that has happened several times in past episodes on books that we have covered also happening several times on books that we have covered is that the way that jessica marie and i have read that book has been different and that is the case here yeah, so we, Laura, you read this through Audible, and this isn't your first time reading it either, correct? Correct. I did my standard 2.5 on this, and uh, at the time of recording, which is we're doing this the early part of August, the audiobook is not like currently available on like platforms because it's being re-released uh, because it got picked up 
right? Yeah, yeah. So, got picked up by a traditional. This, so the series started as like an indie author release, and now a traditional publisher has picked it up. So there's going to be like a re-release of the books, like the physical copies of the books, but that also, like you were saying, um, impacts uh, like the Audible access. So n- right now, as Laura had already had it, but if I when I had gone to get the audible version myself as well it's only available for pre-order so um i had read this through um you, you can find it on ku i was kind of interchanging it between reading it on ebook and i also have the physical copy so i kind of use those interchangeably and it is because that we have read this in different ways that the pronunciation on some of these character names is going to be a little wild, a little off, a little, a little different. And it's going to be fine. It'll be entertaining. It'll be excellent content <laughs> uh, because obviously I did the audio. I am, I will say, not a fan of the original recording of this audiobook, the narrator. And I just didn't really vibe with the way that... Um, the direction that some of the characters went with their voices and stuff. Uh Super interested to hear what your thoughts were, Jess, going through some of this. And uh, I am interested as well as to which characters you have chosen to give us for this rundown because... Because <laughs> you want to see how I pronounce that? Well, no, it's just like a crapshoot on like who you're going to say mm-hmm. because like who's imp- who's important besides like three or four? I don't know. Give them to me. So... Okay, I already know I fucked this up because we talked about it before the episode. Um, I had been saying Oriah, um, but that's not apparently how the audio version is said. It'd be Oreya. Oreya. Okay, I'll try to correct myself through this episode. Not going to happen after 500 pages, but we'll try Oreya. Really? 500 pages? It's 490 huh. something. Wow. Yeah. She thick. But on the audible. Audio version, I think it's only like 14 hours. Obviously, you speed that up with your different things. It's not as fast. But I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is a thick book. Um, you have Vincent, who is essentially um, Orea's father, for all intents and purposes. There is the goddess Nyaxia. We have Rain. Please tell me I said that right. You did. Oh, thank God. Got one. Then there is Misha. That... Laura helped me correct before the episode, who she was very much initially giving more energy, but then I concluded that she gave off Alice from Twilight Cinematic Universe energy. <laughs> um, Septimus, right? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's Karis and Katura. They kind of play, the, and um, Ibrahim. And I feel like those are kind of like, then you have like, you know, you have filler. I say filler characters, but there's repeated rivals that are occurring throughout the whole book. So you have like Ivan and Angelica, and then they're from like other vampire tribes, clans, houses. Um, and then you have Jessamine. Jess, Jessamine? Oh, I was thinking of Shadowhunters. Jessamine. Jessamine. Okay, so I was close. She is the lead general of Vincent, her dad's army, who um, he kind of oversees like all of like House of Night, essentially, which has two branches of type, two types of vampires, the Rishan and the Hiaj. And then, of course, you have like other houses, two other houses, which is House of Blood and House of Shadow and House of Blood is known for like blood magic. That was excellent. That was an excellent world building rundown. My goodness. Um 
I would only add that there are human oh, yeah. like kingdom territories. Yeah. Um, I did the audio, so I did not have the opportunity to look at a map. I feel like that would have been really helpful, but I just didn't take that extra step. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, excellent rundown. The world building here left me a little confused the first time through. The Jess, you read this once, yeah? Correct. You did better than I did because it took me the second read to really understand the differences between the Hiage and the Rashan. And like one has feathers, one is bat wings, you know, this is this, what this is this. Uh, I confess that the first time that I read this, I found myself walking away and coming back and being like, oh, I was listening to something and like having to rewind. So I paid much closer attention the second time through. So that is why that the prologue really stuck out to me because I knew the whole story. So fun stuff, Jess. Do you want to start us off? Yeah. So, I mean, okay, one thing with the structure that I, so this book comes in like five parts and essentially they are the various phases of the moon. And in the introduction of the book, we get the history of a girl. The girl is Aurea and she was basically found amidst the rubble of her village that was raised to the ground. And so some vampires were going to be like hey here's a human child she looks yummy and then the head of the house of night vampires goes like and this is and that's vincent no 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 you're not going to touch her uh she's mine and essentially like um just as pretty much known through vampire lore it is very hard for vampires to have children and he essentially adopts this lone child Aurea. um but there's always an undertone throughout the whole book that she's not your typical human, you know, and she's always she's like, well, I kind of have magic. And she's like, what do you mean what I am, not who I am? I'm human. And there's always little undertones throughout the whole thing. So you as the reader are just kind of like, I don't know, I felt really smart when her power. I mean, I know we're really early, so jumping ahead here. But when her power just like whoosh against rain i was like well duh yeah well duh well duh well duh I, and knowing that this little girl is Aurea, and you know this is where we get little serpent the the name that she will be called by vincent for the rest of her life uh, you know i will take her uh, the king of the hiage vampire saw himself in her you know this is the moment that will be studied in history books through ages this is the moment that toppled an empire why did he do this why did he take her home? Very, very, I don't know. Like it, I have not read the second book. Another confession. Oh it, yeah. It pains me to, to think that we will never know. Like we, the reader will never know. Araya will never know uh, Vincent's side of this because he is uh spoiler dead as fuck. So I, I would like to know his perspective on all of this because just as you said like she's not she's a very special girl so what and there's and there's moments throughout the book where you she sees like 
she understands she has a very tumultuous relationship with um, Vincent as her father. I mean, she calls her, uh, she calls him her father. She considers him her father when other people are like, oh, are you guys sleeping? Like, and it is not like a grooming situation. It is very much like father, daughter. He, it's, but it's also textbook toxic narcissistic parent i mean even through the ways later in the book where he goes to punish her um and and in some ways you're like that's right get that boy who broke your daughter's heart girl dad and then you're like oh but you're making her do it this is kind of rough you know and we'll get into it later um because a lot of the flashbacks that we see in this book happen at each part of the chapters and they're significant moments of Aurea's life that um, that shape her and you get an idea of the type of relationship that she had with Vincent and like what are his ulterior motives I mean you see them get fleshed out but sometimes you're like is he doing it for her is he is it or is it like self-serving for him like or is it just like this power thing and or is it a, a culmination of it all and that's kind of like what you're working through as you're reading these parts well love is sharper than any stake don't you know don't you know? Uh, so, I, and that's like kind of that's kind of the theme of the whole book, right? Like, that's that's the downfall of all of this. Everybody's doing everything for love, but not actually talking to each other. Which is, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Part one. Part one is dusk. Aurea. Aurea is hunting vampires. This is very poppy esque. Love this. Uh, you know, we get the world building here. The I struggle. Okay. Here's, I got so many confessions. Here's, (laughs) here, here's another one. Confession three, four. I don't know. Uh, I struggled with the writing style of this book because it's a lot of like action with internal thoughts that are important and also flashbacks and also tidbits of world building about like Nyaxia that you just know are going to be important or like mean something that are just like, in the chapter, like randomly. So I'm like taking notes and I'm just like, oh, well, fuck, Nyaxia had to do this. And I like circle it. I'm like, but this has nothing to do with what's actually happening. Well, that's a good point that you, I, you know, especially, and this is bringing me to like Throne of Glass flashbacks too. We did that with the audio. You did this with the audio. You know when she's having her internal dialogue. So when she's like, I hear Vincent in my head. Is that a, that what, that wasn't a different voice for you? Like, how was that? Main- it's Vincent's voice. It is. Okay. They gave a different voice. It's Vincent's voice. It's Vincent's voice. So my thoughts through all of this is that he is actually speaking to her. Right. And in the book, it's italicized. And because of like, the vampire like mind reading connection that's still i feel like is that just like you know when you're making decisions on your own and you're like what you know what would laura do in this situation kind of thing is that her saying like what would vincent like is he actually in his in my mind or i could just hear him now when you're like Talking about your parents, be like, oh, I, I can only predict how this conversation is going to go. I think she's actually Vincent's blood daughter, so he can actually talk to her in his mind and she can actually hear him. And she's been hearing it for so long that she does not understand that it's um, it's it's actually him. She can't differentiate 
but like she thinks it's an internal thought, but it's really him. Like, don't do yeah. that. What are you doing? Run. That happens. Like, Turn around. Run. Wake Run. up. Yeah. 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 Well, interesting. Yep. 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 Again, chapter one. <laughs> Sorry. Here we are. But again, again, we have this world building that was difficult for me because Araya is hunting the vampires and she's telling us how you kill them. You know, slice the wings, the hiage vampires, which are the ones in the city, don't have feathers, so it's easier. Push hard through their breastbone. Always look them in the eye when you kill them. Like all of this stuff. Uh, and also that Aurea has, just as you said earlier, absolutely no kinship with humans. Um, she doesn't know how to act around them. She doesn't know. Um, she does. She's kind of repulsed by them. And she thinks that they're weak. And uh, she only has one human friend. But they are of her, too, because in those opening scenes, she's saving their lives from being attacked by this vampire. And... They're just as, like, shocked and disgusted and, like, who does this bitch think she is? And it's like, you know what? Fuck you. I didn't want to help you anyway. She's very, like, Slayer-esque. It's giving so much Buffy. But like you said, Poppy, too. Yeah, it is. It is. And I do... I like but also dislike the female friendship aspect in this book because we have Alana as, like, this established uh, best, like, older woman, comfort friend, human friend of... Aurea and she is killed like not soon after this and it is the gr- it's a grief that Aurea carries throughout the rest of the book um but like we meet Alana she's you know she's colorful she smokes cigars she's human she's there for the adventure she is a paid a blood vendor and uh my my note here says that she is aware of what a pineapple is and Aurea isn't is that important i don't know then why is it there I struggled. <laughs> I struggled with the writing style here. I yeah. again. Uh, there, did you feel? I guess that's part of the world building because part of one of my notes that it felt like it was slow world building, and I could not get into it. Like full confession, I'm sorry if y'all loved this book. Um, I couldn't get into it after like it took at least a hundred pages because, like you were saying, are these details to world build? Am I focusing on the wrong thing or is everything significant? Like, I just, I, I couldn't pull myself out of it. Is Orea's journey actually Nyaxia's journey? Is Orea part? It- <sighs> well, okay. You bring up such an amazing transition to talk about Nyaxia and her journey because there is a right that replicates Nyaxia's journey into being the goddess of who she is, which is called Kajari. Um, and basically, all the vampires go and they get one wish granted. And there's a it's a four month right. Each right is um, kind of it is like every every three and a half weeks. And it's based on different phases of the moon. But each part of this um of this right is a part of Nyaxia's escape to, to to find freedom and see her lover. Yes. So is Orea just mirroring Nyaxia's journey? And is that why we're getting the world building and the order that we're getting it and the trials, the order that we're getting it? I don't know. I fucking struggled. Someone help me with this. Okay. 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 Um, 
Arreo, Chapter one. <laughs> I know. Are, okay. Arreo wants Alana to leave the city because the Kajari is going to happen. And because Alana is a paid blood vendor, you know, she's going to get sucked into the whole thing, literally. And it's going to be just a whole situation. And she, and Arreo does not want to lose her, like, only female companion that Vincent doesn't know about. This is like a little rebellion that she has, this friendship. What also that Araya doesn't know is that she is under the impression that if Alana leaves, hu- humans are going to be protected. She is under this impression her entire life, mind you, that these different towns, including the one that she had grown up with, that um, humans are protected by the vampires, specifically her father that raised her. Yes. Yes. And that there and that like there are human slums and like whatever, they kind of suck, but like they are protected. It is like a whole thing. But like we will see, we will see, we will see. All right. I did the math. Aurea had to have been seven when Vincent found her. She's twenty-three right now. Present day. She's twenty-three. Okay. She's been with him for sixteen years. I did the math. Is that correct? It must be. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. he, they, they say like she could be between six and eight. So like, there you go. No, it was between like four and eight. Oh, they, four and eight. it was. Yeah, it was. It was a whole it was a thing. I did the math. That That's how it is. That's how it is. All right. So Araya, after after this meeting with Alana and Alana's like, you don't have to do this. And Araya's like, get the fuck out of town. I'm doing it anyway. And Araya climbs back up her tower, you know, climbs it up. And Vincent is there. Araya is 23 years old. She has black hair. Ask me how many times or how many reads it took me to figure out she had black hair. Ask me what color her eyes are. Don't, please. Moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, this this is where we meet Vincent. Vincent comes into her room. This is where we get Vincent as a father. And we get more world building. Asterisk is power from the stars. Vincent is very powerful. And essentially... We have to go check out our competition at the feast. There's a lot of feasts in this book, Jess. Yeah. But I feel like the, the great hall, the, the feast hall was very like, I think there's like a specific place anybody thinks of when you think of the great hall and the feast. Um, but it also, I think it's, I mean, it, it, it behooves her that she's understanding her enemies who she's fighting against because, okay, Something that we skipped over is this right that um, that Araya is going to be going through. If she is the the final person standing, basically gets any wish that they want in the entire world. And typically, and what she wants is to essentially become a vampire without becoming a vampire. Because um, if a human is turned... There's only like a one third chance of surviving the actual turning and the culling of the vampire. So she's like, I want the life, the lifeline, the span, the time, you know, the powers, everything that comes with being a vampire, that protection without having to go through all of that. And she's going to tie her powers. And at this point, we know she has like a little spark of power and spark of magic and tie it with her dad because she knows her dad to be the most powerful vampire of all the houses. And that is the Coriatus bond, the Coriate. That's the the term for it. The heart 
bond, the bind the souls and bind your power enough together. Uh, that's the meeting that happens like after, after the feast when they're like drinking wine and Vincent's like very nervous about it. It's, it's very sweet. Um, but before that, we have to talk about rain, our introduction of rain at the feast and Araya seeing him staring at the painting. Um, <laughs> it's it, shocking. This Okay. 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 If anyone was shocked that Rain turned out to be the love interest, then um, I, I'm shocked for you. Because <laughs> just the way she was like, this, this vampire caught my eye across the room with red hair and these red eyes staring at the only painting of the Rishon people. And it's very sad painting and no one else ever looks at it, but he's looking at it. And he's not dressed like other boys. He's dressed, you know, differently and his haircut isn't like other boys. It's different. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's, it's like, okay. It made me feel so sad. If you want to feel like a smart fantasy reader, this is the book for you because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting really good at fantasy reading. Something that I do want to see is I would like to see this painting. It looks beautiful. Of this like falling. Like a fallen angel, essentially. Yeah, essentially. That's a, yeah, that's how I was imagining him. And the, and the colors. And the he's like reaching up to something and no one's there to like grab him. I bet it's very beautiful. I would love to see fan art of that. Um, but uh, after after this, oh, at the, I do want to also mention Ibrahim because we have some world building with Ibrahim when she sees him at the feast. So Ibrahim is like kind of a peer of Aurea. He's a vampire. His parents mutilated him. And all of that to say that vampires like fear their family and will like hobble members of their family so that their line continues, but they aren't a threat to them. Uh, and then it goes on to say like Vincent murdered his entire family when he took the crown. Yeah, and Abraham is that he's the underdog throughout the whole story. He keeps showing up. He keeps popping up. You're like, and everybody's like, I can't believe you survived again because his parents took away his. Because in this vampire story, um, they all have wings, like Laura had mentioned earlier. So like they had rid him of his wings. That the the wings don't grow back. They took his in his canines. He can't have his canine. Like everything that is so. Um, essential to being a vampire, his his parents rid him of that and are like needed for his survival, more or less, one would think, because he's participating in the right as well. And it just goes to show the like difference between that typical vampire parenting style and Vincent's style, because Vincent did the exact opposite. He armed Araya, he trained her, he made sure that she was strong, he coached her. He's like always talking to her in her head to like make sure that she's motivated to like make right decisions. Like just a very like stark contrast between the two, which is something I just thought of actually. So very fun. Uh, I have been thinking about the ring that Araya had in her pocket since she was a child. What is the significance of this? Is it going to come up? I don't know. But they talk about it here when they're drinking and being nervous. Yeah, they talk about it here. And then a ring is significant in any story. I think we've learned that in fantasy. And as much as like she uses it for like her social anxiety and fidgeting, like... It's such a specific thing that it can't have payoff in some end in book two, because this is a confirmed duology. So, like, who knows? We haven't read it. 
Yeah. Who can say? Who can say? Vincent says, hey, Araya, you don't have to do this. I don't think I've ever told you this, but like, you really don't have to do this. Do you feel like he said that just to be like, like, I have to say like an obligation to say that thing? He didn't really feel it. I think he said it instead of saying, I love you. Okay. Because he doesn't say, I love you until at all or till the end no at all like he's consistently struggling even though she's like i know what he means and this is the way that he shows it and like what would vampires know what love is kind of thing she but she's like i have to assume that it's love because i've never had anybody tell me that yeah you know who we this is dead we will never know uh, something that he does though is lie like Araya is constantly like gaslit and like gatekeeping by the, by all these men in her life. Um, but Vin- Vincent's like, yeah, yeah, I know, totally. Like you can become my Coriate and you're gonna go, you're gonna go to the Rishon territory where your family was. You're gonna go to Saline. You're gonna like free the humans. It's a whole thing. Like it's totally fine. I can't go there because like I'm the king, but if I could, I'd have found them for you. Right. Like Nyaxia like makes the rules, all this stuff. All of this stuff. It's all bullshit, though. Like, right? Like, it's all, it's all bullshit. And, but he still says, like, you know, we're going to become Coriate. Then you're going to be powerful enough to do it. You can do it. And, um, it is interesting that here, when Orea and Vincent make her blood sacrifice to Nyaxia, that Araya, who is a skeptic and says like she doesn't really believe in the gods, uh, does feel the goddess there, um, like taking her blood. So I I like the payoff of Nyaxia at the end of the book. That's my favorite part. Um, but I like the kind of world building. <laughs> well, no, well, no, you know, I no, I don't like the palm slicing, obviously. Um, but I like the uh, I like Ajay Saratum. Aja Seratum, take my truth. I like that. I like that's that's fun. That's fun, and I like the the gravity that this kind of blood sacrifice has. That uh, is kind of an indicator of how strong the magic is in this world, right? Because magic is a huge part of this, and our main character not having access to magic is like a huge red flag, right? Like Jess, obviously, like you were like, oh, shocking. But like everybody else is so magically powerful for her not to even be able to have sparks. It's like, okay, okay. But she's able to really feel the goddess here in this like little moment. It's like, okay, something, that's something. Fun stuff. Great. Well, and then also everything that she's known of like, house of night magic like night fire and everything she's like i know which houses you know certain houses have certain types of magics affiliated with them so when she's seeing that or even when we meet misha and misha's using a certain type of fire magic she's like wait i thought i thought power and magic only comes from nyaxia and Misha's like, you know, there are other types of gods. She's not the only one. And that was like another like, aha, like you've been talking to the wrong god because that's why I can't get your sparks sparking. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, you're shy magic, you're shy magic. Uh, it is this night that uh, Aurea dreams of her family and then crack, crack, crack. My note says it has begun. Uh, Aurea is transported somewhere. She wakes up in darkness. We have our interlude, our interlude, girl in a palace, no trust. She's been there one month and Vincent uh, is in her room watching and reading and like slowly getting her trust. And I... I like that. I like his approach. I don't know. I like, I said I didn't like the narrator. I don't, but I do like the voice that she gave Vincent and the way that she enunciated Vincent's words. It made him forceful, but also extremely patient sounding. And like, it was, it was nice. And he waited for her. Like, it was mm-hmm. like a very much, you come to me. Like, I want you to know that this is a, this room is a safe space. Don't leave the like, you know, she's she's a kid like this room was probably bigger than her whole cottage that she lived in. So she had this space. And because she was so petite and when she was younger, she was like, I have so much room for all these activities, but I also have no idea who you are. So I'm going to create a barrier between myself and you with a dresser or with a wall. And he was constantly saying, like, I'm here whenever you're ready. Um, I'm just going to do my own thing so you can feel comfortable around me until he, he was like, will you do me the honor of sharing your name? And she, you know, finally shared that with him too. And he's like, you are prey in a world of predators. Like I will never hurt you. I am the only one who can promise to never hurt you. Okay. Okay. If that wasn't a giveaway. Yep. All right. All right. Um, but he's, you know, he's like, but you're safe here, Araya. You are, you are. And then it's like, bum, bum, bum. The tournament begins. This is also just like another, like the smothering type of parents who really cling on so hard. This was like another thing that I had thought at this point in the book. I was like, I wonder if this is the type of parent he is where he's like, nobody's good enough for my kid. So I'm going to smother you till, and I mean, he was essentially smothered. But um, it, it's so interesting how you're like, wait a minute. Like you're, you're back and forth of where you are with Vincent, but you're always on high alert with him while you're reading. Oh, definitely. I was always waiting for him to go too far, and he does once. Um, but in the end, I actually kind of ended up respecting Vincent a little bit. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. The Moon Palace. The Moon Palace is here. We're at the Moon Palace. It's pitch dark. They're screaming, right? Uh, the tournament has begun. Alana doesn't know what's going on. She's reaching for her blade. She cuts herself. She hears and recognizes Alana's scream and hears the vampires in bloodlust. And then she is grabbed as she's trying to go to Alana and says, they're dead, little human. And you will be, too. Gee, I wonder who that is. (laughs) Who's who's that? We have Rain, who, again, you're like, this absolutely is the guy that she was looking at and was looking at the painting and had no idea who he was. But good on Araya because she's like, I have no... And and it's fair, though, because Vincent has told her her whole life, you're basically the only human here. Everybody else is a predator to you. And she was like in such she she was so confused because she's like, I'm reacting with emotion and I know I should not be doing that. And I need to be thinking logical. 
So the logical part of her stabs Rain in the thigh, not knowing who he was, but also is like reacting with her emotion. And she actively was like acknowledging that she's like, I am self-aware enough to know that I shouldn't be doing this, but like this is taking over my body, which was a first for her in these 16 years because she had been groomed essentially um, in the fact of to like lock down your emotions. Don't show any like do not show face. Yeah. And to separate separate fear, like deconstruct fear, because like if your heart is pumping, then they smell you more. It's like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, she a lot or Araya finds Alana you know, takes the scarf. The scarf is like a big thing. Uh, takes the purple scarf and like holds it with her um, and goes to the greenhouse for safety. I liked this. This was like smart. This was like a genius place to go. Uh, yeah. And also, would you have done the same thing? Yeah, totally. And just like, like let everybody fight it out. Be like, I'm going to stay here. Y'all can figure it out. And even if you came here, like you said, windows everywhere. Everywhere, 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 everywhere. So like, whatever, fuck it. I I love it. I love it. Uh, I like that she um, like checks it out. She feels one with the plants. Like they're very fragile. Like, you know, it's, it's very comforting. I dig it. I dig it. I dig that she like checks, you know, stays in the greenhouse for a while. Uh, they are summoned after this initial culling, right? The smoke trails, very Donnie Darko, takes him to the great room. Uh, what do we have here? Uh, we've got this, we've got this minister, right? Right. The minister, minister is there, Aja Seratum. Yeah. And at that point, they're saying Aja Seratum, but you can tell they're very much like, we're not in Kansas anymore. Like they're mumbling it. Like, I know we have to be saying this, but I don't know if I feel like saying this anymore. Yeah, it's like, whoa, buddy, whoa, buddy. And then uh, what do we have? We have, um, you know, f- there's 50 people there. It's the House of Night, House of Shadow, House of Blood. The House of Blood stays in one pack. Uh, there is a woman leader of the House of Blood. Uh, the Moon Phase trial, we got three weeks in between. We have a curfew. Nyaxia appreciates the gifts of blood. Very cryptic shit, right? Everyone's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, well, and here, and then here's the thing, because Aurea, she's a human. She's like, I'm going to use, I need to use every single thing to my advantage because I know what my disadvantages and my, what my weaknesses are. So she's studied up on the lat, like, 2000 years worth of the previous rites and they only happen once every 100 years so she was trying to see if there was a pattern which there was none because you have different rules each time because nyaxia just like does what she wants basically and they were like what does this you know the blood shedding mean can we do it during can it be during the competition can it be off hours like do we need to be in the in the fighting pits, there's so many questions and nobody knows how to proceed further to make that first initial move, whether it's killing or like really to make any, any move in whatever way, not even necessarily killing. It is like everybody's on edge. So let's let's all act surprised when Rain is the first one to test <laughs> to test it, uh, because because Aurea killed a vampire last night that was going that was sleeping like whatever she stabbed him and then uh, that guy's brother comes in and is like who killed my brother Klein who killed my brother who killed my brother and Rain's like yo yo like I I did it I I did it boom. Boom! Magic asterisk, asterisk, magic. And he kills him. And then he waits like a minute and he's like, huh. Well, 
Got our answer. Oh well, yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, and then and then Array is like, "Wow, that's asterisk. I know that's asterisk. Wow. How can he do that? Hmm. Okay, let's go meet Vincent. It's just it's very like so she she I say she sneaks out. Array doesn't really sneak out. She just leaves. And she goes and she meets Vincent under a bridge and he gives her medicine and he gives her swords and he's like, "Yo, you have to be better." You have to be better. Get better. Get better. Like you, you can't keep hurting yourself. And it is in these meetings that she has with Vincent and also seeing him in the arena that the words, I love you again, never said, Jess, you confirmed. Um, but it's like, he's looking at me and I know that he loves me and he's saying this, but what he's really saying is I love you. And it's like, okay. All right. Y'all are complicated. <laughs> Damn. All right. Excellent, though. Uh, human medicine is very difficult and hard to find, and the swords are poisoned. Fun fact about me, if I play a video game and I can customize my weapon, it's going to be long. It's going to be a scythe. It is going to be poisoned. I love that shit. Can you refill? Do you have an option to refill your poison on your... That's so cool. Yep, and sometimes it's just unlimited. It's just like... It's just excellent. It's just excellent. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. All right. Where are we? Oh, we have a little thing where Aurea sees rain and he has like all of these scars and like a scar like in his like back or chest. He's got some scar and she's he's a Rashan and she's like, of course he's a fucking Rashan. And they're making jokes about penises. So fun, fun stuff. Trial one, though. Trial one. Take take me to trial one. Trial one is basically every think of like a Coliseum setting and everybody's just dumped there and they have to fight demons, but the demons aren't dying. So and it's kind of like and they fly and they also have four legs and they're kind of all over the place and they have like cloudy eyes. They're just very demon esque and they have to figure out how to kill these demons because even when she thinks that they're she's killing them exhibit a is when she's putting her little poison daggers through them and their mouths are like melting shut because the poison goes from the inside out um she's like wait i why are you acting like uh i have i haven't even touched you um it isn't until the um and, and also at the same point all the vampires we have to remember that by the end of this this rite, only one needs to be standing. But nobody knows what the point of all these trials are and how it's supposed to net out. The only thing that they know is the half moon trial, which you're allowed to have allies for and work together. Even though they don't know what the trial is, they know that they need to work together. So right now, they're like, do we work together for this one? Is it us against the demons? Is it everybody against each- ourselves? How do we need to do, th- do this? Aurea figures out that the demons are interconnected uh, in one way or the other. So if you hit one knee, another one, another demon that's attacking somebody else, their knee is going to go out. But the center of the power is like a scar that they have on their head. You basically have to attack the head and the scar specifically. She conveys this to Rain just to like start sharing this amongst everybody to be like, we need to figure this shit out and then we can figure ourselves out first. Um, and that's how they kind of all get through trial one. But at this time, because you still need to weed out all like 
the weak vampires or like the weak contestants, some have already died by this point. Oh, yeah. A lot of them have already died by this point. And it's interesting to point out here, too, that the demons are actually uh, uh, too far gone bloodborne vampires who have succumbed to their curse, which is like very Hunger Games-esque. Books, not movies. Books, not movies. Very Hunger Games-esque. I guess I guess the most important part in this trial, Jez, is that like Rain works together with Araya. He like saves her a little bit. And Araya sees Misha using magic, like fire magic that isn't from Nyaxis. Nyaxia. Nyaxia. And we get the uh Atroxis White Pantheon kind of world building. And it is then here after this trial that Araya is like very hurt. And Rain goes to the greenhouse and he's like, look, here's a potion. Let's be allies. Let's be allies now. Now. Uh, like, we're in the East Tower. Like, come on up for six weeks. Like, we can work this out. Um, and then Araya's like, you know, fuck you. And the horse you rode in on. She's attacked again uh, by somebody who's in bloodlust. And then she essentially crawls up the steps to Rain's door and almost dies in the doorstep. Yeah. And the person who attacks her is somebody else's partner. And that person winds up coming to the the astronomy tower, the east tower, whatever, the moon tower, whatever you want to call it, um, to attack Rain. But she, you know, at this point, she's realizing she needs to ally herself real quick because she does know where her weaknesses are. But she's so used to having a wall up because that's what she has been told for 16 years. How are you supposed to trust anybody? And you shouldn't trust anybody, especially uh, Rashawn, which is, you know, a whole thing. Feathers, feathers. Rashawn's are feathers. Now, now we are interluding. Again, we are interluding. We have Vincent. Uh, Vincent and uh, a big book, right? And maps. Where am I from? Where did you find me? Why can't I go back? Why can't you turn me? And uh, what can be done? What can be done to turn me? And this is the this is the thing. This is the moment where Aurea is like, this is the first time I saw this emotion on my father's face. I would think about this moment for the rest of my life. It was conflict. What? Why was he conflicted about this? And this is where they start talking about the Kajari and the tournament right there at that interlude. And he tells his story, too. No? A a bit. Just a bit. Because she's very young here. He's just like, oh, you know, blah, 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 strong, blah, blah, blah. You were here. I can't go there. You know, border, humans, blah, blah, blah. She's still a little kid here. Um, But what we get after we have been interluded is that we get Misha and Rain. And they're in the, the big apartment at the top of the tower and it is an unusual pairing of vampires. That's all Aurea can think. She's like, they're casual, they're funny, uh, they're friends, but they're like obviously like not romantic, and they're just like friendly. I like the banter between all three of them. Yeah, they they balance each other out, especially once that they once they get comfortable with each other. Um, but Aurea is shocked at every like just I can't say everybody's personalities, but. Rain and Misha's personalities because she's like vampires who have been around for forever. Everything's really dry to them. 
So the fact that she's seeing a smirk or hearing a chuckle or seeing something like a suppressed emotion that isn't um, anger or bloodlust, she's just, it intrigues her. Yeah, it does intrigue her. Something that intrigued me is that uh, they present her with the guy that attacked her with the head on a platter, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, But this observation that the view from the moon tower like looks down. So it's like a different view than the one that Aurea grew up on. It's like parallel views, right? She's seeing like, you know, it's a it's a whole it's a metaphor. Well, can, doesn't she say from this angle, she can see basically where her castle was? Like, mm-hmm. she can see, essentially, her room on the other side of the kingdom. Yep. And she says that from this angle, that she can see so much more of the city, and she can see that it's rotting. Like, the city is cracking, it's falling apart, it's rotten from the inside, like, everything is dying. And it's, like, kind of a desert area anyway. Um, but, like, what is that? I want more of that. Where is that going? Where, where, okay, where's that going? I want more of that. Um, but Angelica here uh, breaks down the door. She's like, hey, you killed my guy. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. No, I'm going to kill her in the tournament. Fuck you. I'm out. And he and I like rain sticks up for her. And he was like, your guy was an idiot. Even if she didn't kill him, he went to the greenhouse and she was like, oh, he, he did. I guess that was kind of stupid. Um, well, I wanted to kill you in the arena anyway, like to make a spectacle of it. So she dismisses it then. Yeah. She's like, okay, all right, fine, whatever. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, we have another meeting with Vincent where he's both the king and the father. Uh, you know, again, he doesn't say I love you, reads between the lines, gives her another potion, basically just yells at her more or less. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's she's telling him, like, hey, I kind of aligned myself here. This mm-hmm. is what happened. And he's like, you can't do that. And she, oh, and let's remember that she's typically going out to meet him every night. She doesn't know if he's going to show up. Um, and it's right at the cusp of, like, I don't want to say twilight, but the opposite of twilight, like, right before dawn breaks. And there and he's like, why would you do that? And she's like, you weren't there. I went to you first. You didn't show up. And she was like, I can't believe I basically just yelled at my dad that. And that's when she starts seeing like worry on his face. She's like, something bigger is at play. He's avoiding me, but he won't tell me. Just tell me what he is because whatever's on happening on the outside here is going to infect what's happening inside the moon palace and like what trials, like it would be good for my knowledge. And he refuses to tell her. Um, But this is also part three in the waning that she's discovering her powers also. And to the point where her and Rain are trying to train and they're like, you need, we need to trust each other if we're all gonna, you know, work together and live together and this, that, the other thing. And then he, she uses her magic out of fear. She didn't know she had this magic power and he kept like testing her and goading her and then she was like she was trapped against a wall and he kept getting closer and she magicked him and out the window broke the window and then he gets like all pissed about it and goes to get drunk yeah and then she orea we get a little bit more of her she this is where she uh meets uh what's his name what's his name what's his name Septimus? Septimus. This is where she meets Septimus. Uh, My note just says stranger with a cigarello, but because we don't know it's Septimus at this. Oh, I put new male blonde. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, and he's like, I bet on you. I bet on you. You know, he's got an accent. Uh, we have a little more world building where Araya like can't go to the human district to get released yet. She's very frustrated. Um, before she did, before she was saving the humans, she participated in self harm. So, you know, world building. It's all this, it's all this stuff. The interesting part of this though is we get Septimus and we get the betting. We get him as a character and you're just like, hmm, this creepy stranger is going to show up later. Bet my ass on that. Mm, all right. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. Yeah, and it did. It did. Shocking everybody. It did. Uh, we go back to Misha, who's cleaning the mess. And we have, like, you know, Rain is my best friend. He's really good at cooking. He's very loyal. He's good at loving people. And then we get a Nyaxia info dump. I, I, I just, I don't know what to do with this Nyaxia info dump. And, and, I need it separately so I can just like study it. But I wonder if the Nyaxia info dump, you know how Babel is where you said it's like footnotes, Mm -hmm. if that would have not taken you out so much. Ooh, that would have been a lovely way to do it. Because I feel like the info dump doesn't really add to her appearance at the end. Or am I confusing things? No. Well, I guess... I don't know. I'm sure, like, we have her background. It adds, I guess it adds to the trial because once you're familiar with her, where she is in the background, we also know right after this is where we get the, the, like a hedge maze kind of trial that they have to put dead bodies to open gates and they start having, and this is the part that, um, she realizes that humans are supposed to be acting as spirits of the underworld, you know, like at this theatrical thing, but the humans are really there as, as blood banks for the vampires. Yes. Yes. And Jess, you can take us there. Let's info dump real fast though. Nyaxia was a young goddess in the white pantheon. She was 20 years old. She was discarded, abused, the lesser daughter of a lesser goddess. And now she's powerful. She created all vampires on the continent. Everybody worships her. Her husband was murdered by the White Pantheon. And Nyaxia took back her power. And uh, Araya um, hyposits for some reason that she's probably pretty unhappy. Took her a while. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. So this goddess is probably pretty unhappy. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, here we have trial two. Jess, tell me, tell me about all of all of this this maze stuff. So the maze is to symbolize how lost Nyaxia was in her journey to freedom to see her lover, um, Alaris, who is not Alaric. It is Alaris. Oh. <laughs> so having that in mind is. To what Laura said, it's like, I bet you she was really unhappy. I bet you she was also probably terrified because even though Nyaxia is this all-powerful goddess now, she wasn't because this is her journey from essentially her origin story and how Nyaxia came to be of power. And through this, once again, all the vampires and um, I was going to say humans, but it's only one. It's... Aurea. Um, they're trying to find a way out. And of course, there's not only are there humans are supposed to be significant of the afterlife, but they're really humans. So they're being attacked 
by the vampires as the vampires go and the vampires and really the contestants are also being attacked by various types of demons in this maze. And there's obstacles through this maze as well. Um, and that includes like you can put a, you know, dead weight on a stone to lift up another gate to pass through to continue on throughout the maze. And that's also where they're realizing they, as in the contestants, um, Who's where's that dead weight going to come from? And they're once again pitted against each other. Um, the one thing that helps Oreya that she realizes in this trial is even though she's human and she basically knows that she's a hot commodity just for being like a, a blood bag, essentially. I don't know how else to be like talk about it when we're talking about vampires. Um, is that the other vampires are distracted with all the other humans. And this is kind of like her red flag. I say her Orea's red flag of saying, like, I thought the humans were supposed to be protected. What is everybody doing here? It is another thing that puts her on edge to be like, what is happening? Because I had this whole idea of what this was going to be like. And this is nothing, um, nothing that I was aware of. And she uses her allyship with both Misha and Rain in this. She also finds a little human girl who her parents were slaughtered around her. And she sees herself in this little girl and starts wondering, wow, um, I'm, I wonder if this is what Vincent felt like when he saw me. And it was just very like, she felt like I have to save this girl. I have to save my inner child. Absolutely. There's also poppies everywhere. What's symbolism? I don't know. Uh, Alaris's realm is always evolving, like morality. Good to know. Interesting. Good to know. Uh, Angelica is also there. Excellent. And they make it through the trial, right? And, and she sees Vincent's face and Vincent's face is like grief stricken. And he's like, Oh, he loves me. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Uh, after this, this like winning of the trial, Aurea is restless and she can't like be anywhere. So she goes to the human district and she kills three vampires. And it's there that Rain finds her and takes her to see the little girl in the orphanage. And she's really like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, and she finds out that Rain is a turn vampire, which just as you said earlier, like one, two, one and three die or like two and, two three, and die. three die. Yeah. yeah. Two and three die. Uh, so, you know, that's very rare. And then it's like, okay, we have three weeks until the next trial. We will train together. Woo, woo, woo. Um, but then there's a meeting with Vincent. And Vincent is, again, he's worried. Like, um, you're not like these other humans. She's asking him, like, they're not supposed to be humans in this trial, Vincent. Like, what the fuck? I'm really angry about it. It could have been me. And this is where he's like, it would never have been you. You're not like them. It could never have been you. And that's kind of like something that he says over and over and over again. It's like, hmm, okay, why? Um, he's like, you know what? Uh, you know, you, once you're my Coriate, you're going to change the world with your power. You know, you have sacrifice and focus and ruthlessness. I gave you all of those things. Um, and then she tells him about using the magic to throw rain out the window. And he's like, huh, well, we, I mean, like, we always knew it was there, you know, uh, just like not dealing with it at all she's like oh and i also think it's important to note that while vincent has had these conversations with her about how ruthless she is and basically like i raised you to be my daughter essentially very like maddock and jude um she also has this whole other 
different conversation that has transpired with both. Well, I mean, Misha was there, but really from Rain to say, you're always about yourself. You're always so selfish. Why wouldn't you think of other people involved? And this is sitting with her and continues to sit with her um, leading up until right before the moon, fa- uh, the, the half moon trial. And we'll transition into that um, because she's questioning herself of like, I don't I don't know if that's who I want to be anymore because I do see myself in everything that Vincent is saying, but I don't know if I like that person. Well, and Vincent helped craft Araya into who she is. And we get that in our next interlude. That's interlude a little bit. She's 16 years old. She's lonely. She she fell for a boy. We know that this ends badly. We know that this ends badly. There are hints to this, like throughout little, she like touches her neck. She thinks about that moment, the loss of control. Like later when she's kissing, she's like, it went from this to this to this, but I don't want to think about it. Like we know something terrible happened while we're interluding. But then we're montaging and we're training. And so it's like we're interluding. Something bad happened. Oh, we'll deal with it later. Let's let's montage. We love a compartmentalization. <laughs> we we love it. We love it. We love a training montage where Array learns that Rain like is always using magic, but he hides it. He's like, you know, he has a fighting style. They balance each other. Like Misha is really good. It's all this stuff. And now they're not just bantering, they're flirting, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. also the fun part. Because now he's like, oh, you've been watching me. I'm watching you watching me. And they're not acknowledging anything. But then he'll also be like, hey, like that time you stabbed me in the thigh. And she's like, I should have stabbed higher. And he's like, how high? Little high? Really high? Medium high? Like, it's just their playfulness come, has come out because she does trust him now. Yep. Yep. Just just a bit. Just a bit more. Just a bit more. Uh, you know, you know. Uh, we have to open your heart. We have to train with magic, your shy magic, uh, because the magic training is unproductive. But it's there. You just have to feel it. It's there. It's there. Um, so they are like a fluid team now. And they've got like 16 days. Like, okay, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're doing good. We're doing real good at a shitty bar until we are not because there is an attack. How do we feel about this? I thought it was an inside job the whole time. Not an inside job from Rashawn. I thought it was Vincent. Vincent. Yeah, I thought it was a stage like, look over here, distract. Let me make it look like um, I can't like 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 a like a plant like he was the plant, not the Rashawn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even the plot works either way. Right. Like it like even if that were the case, the payoff would still be there later because you'd just be like, oh. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I didn't expect this at all. Uh, this attack on the moon palace. I was expecting something okay. like, so, like something, but I wasn't expecting this attack to totally take out Misha. Cause like, this is again, yeah. the removal of a female friend. And I was like, Oh, we lost Alana. Okay. That's really shitty. She's surrounded by all of these men and these other women that are like out to get her. Um, so now she has Misha. Like now she has another female friend. They're working together. They really bonded. And then she's just ripped away from her. And I was just like, well, fuck that. And she said immediately that even though she knew she should be wary of Misha for the sole reason that she's a vampire, she it was always easier for her to open up and have these conversations um, where she couldn't necessarily do that with Rain. So like, it was it, I thought that that part of their friendship, she was like, 
you feel you feel bad for Aurea because she's been isolated her whole life. Yeah. And that is also kind of um, highlighted here, too, when Rain flies Araya to the Moon Palace to, like, go save Misha because it's being, you know, engulfed by nightfire and demons, all of this stuff. Um, but Araya loves flying. And, like, Vincent hates flying. He, like, never flies. And she just doesn't understand. She's like, if I could fly, if I could fly, I would be up here all the time. Gee, I wonder if she'll fly later. Um, Because she, she loves it just so much. And she keeps talking about how she would never come down if she could fly. Hmm, I wonder. We'll see. I haven't read the second book. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, Araya, Araya is killing demons with magic. She is, Misha is there. She was surrounded by candles. She was like trying to call out to Atraxis. He is not responding to her. Uh, Misha has been shunned by her God that gave her fire powers now. And she's very upset by this. Um, this is when Rain says like, your father has his war. Um, uh, uh, again, um, then uh what do we have we have we have uh Misha has to stay in the tournament uh she has not been officially withdrawn yet it has not been accepted and then uh Jasmine and Vincent in the House of Night and the Hiage vampires start taking all of the Rishon contestants from the Moon Tower to torture the shit out of them for questioning about the attack yeah and then um, and Aurea is also trying to kind of help him help Vincent see reason. Like, you can't take him. Like, you can't take Rain. Like, he's my ally. And then they were like, we won't do anything. We won't break him. Of course, they do. And then even from Misha, she was like, she needs to withdraw. She's my partner. Um, like, that's not going to be great for me because, again, she is my ally. Like, we all need to work together or, like, take her out. So that way she's not a weakness. And then when she can heal back, we can do whatever we need to do. And at this point, like, Vincent's on to her. And he's like, why? Because they're still having their midnight meetings, but they're not as consistent as they were. They're just kind of like, maybe I'll see you, maybe I won't. Um, so at this point, she he's like, oh, just take her out. Just like literally unalive her. That's one less vampire you have to worry about to help you get towards the end. Um, and so she can't do this. She's like, and it scares me. She's like having a lot of internal dialogue of, you know, it scares me of the person that I'm becoming because it's not who I've, who I've known, you know, for the last 23 years. Um, but she takes the little bit of potion that she has that really is to help humans heal um, and gives it to Misha and it doesn't really help her heal, but it does let her sleep and relax and take the pain away for a couple hours, but it's not enough to help Misha um, heal in time for this half moon trial. And so she goes to the minister and basically sells herself to be like, let my friend out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We get, we get a little bit of world building. Uh, if we back up just a bit, we have Vincent, 200 years. Uh, the Hiage does not, the Hiage vampires do not have an heir. Uh, Vincent has the heir mark. This is the part where I was like, 200 doesn't add up. His 200 could be the other, like, oh, and a couple weeks later, here I am. Yep, yep, yep. 
So Vincent won the Kajari and he stripped the Rishan of all of their power, stripped the air, killed them, killed all of the Rishan, killed his own family too. Uh, Nyaxia will not let the lines die out. So there will be another Rishan heir eventually. Uh, Nyaxia just likes fucking chaos. So that's that. And again, in one of these meetings, Vincent says, uh, when you win, we will liberate all these humans. It won't be a fucking problem anymore. You and me will liberate them again. Gaslight gatekeep. Okay. And then, yes, just as you said, uh, Araya goes to the Ministar and she bargains like her blood because he's always had a thing for her to get Misha out because like he's a flesh vessel of Nyaxia and he can like do that or whatever. So excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, Rain's tortured, right? He wouldn't show his wings. Why wouldn't you show your wings, Rain? Is it something about the color and maybe, you know, magic? Oh, who knows? Who, who can say? Who can say? But didn't we already know that Rishan was like we knew Rishan was I guess this is like a book two thing because we knew not Rishan. We knew Rain was Rishan. Everybody knew it. That's why they pulled him to question it. So like, I guess I don't know why with the way unless it was like a vulnerability or if it was like, I'm not going to because you're, you're trying to make me. Or he knew that he was the heir and that there was something on the wings that would point it out if oh. they got too close because there's a big scar in the center of his back and maybe it was just all connected. This was, these, these were my thoughts. Um, the, 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 this is kind of a like reverse who did that to you. Cause it's like, how did you get that scar? How did you get that thing? What happened? Who did that to you? Who did that to you? Here's medicine. This isn't your fault. All this, all this, all this kind of stuff, all this kind of stuff. This is also the part where she gives her blood to the minister, like we said, but she goes here, I'll give you my human blood. And he says specifically, this is another little sprinkle that he goes, human blood, human? No. This is much better. What does that mean, Mr. Minister? Yeah, come on, sir. <laughs> Wait, what do you got for us? Nothing. Not shit. Not shit. All right. What we do have is trial three. Trial three is the drinking of the, the goblets, the mind bonding in the cells. Just take us through trial three. So trial three, and let's remember that we have known up until this point that people are supposed to make allies um, for this trial. And so some people have multiple allies, which not only means they have multiple people in their head, but they can also visually see where their ally is on the field. And some people are just literally going insane and they're not surviving this trial on that alone. So again, think Coliseum setting and they're having now they're not only pitted against each other, but there's still demons that they have to fight. But as opposed to the first, um, the first trial where the demons were interconnected, it's the allies who are interconnected. So for example, if Araya gets hurt in her knee, that means that, um, that Rain is going to be hurt in his knee. And once she makes that connection and he's like, you're, you're one smart cookie. And she's, the, of course, she's the only one who's making these connections before anybody else. She's using the knowledge that we learned back in 
the first part of the book where there's the feast and Vincent's walking her around and basically giving her a rundown on all of her competitors saying, this guy has a weak knee. This guy still hasn't healed here. So she's learning. She's taking that information and they're, they've already had this relationship with work. She as an Araya and Rain have this really fierce fighting style because of the montages that they've gone through because they've been, you know, out slaying vampires, you know, vampire vigilantes through the night that they've become so, um, in sync with each other, essentially with their, with the way they fight that they would see who is, who are the other allies, who they're closest to and kind of work in tandem that way. Yes, absolutely work in tandem that way. Nyaxia fought out of captivity and killed half of the people she encountered. So that's what you have to do, too. So Araya uses night fire. It's just a whole thing. A whole thing. At the end of all of the... When all of this shakes out, right? When all of this shakes out, um, we have Rain looking at Araya like she is a goddess, right? Because who doesn't want to be looked at like that? Right. Like, come on. That, that's just excellent. That is just excellent. Um, and then at the end of this, we have Vincent and he's clutching his heart and like his heart. He's at the rails. It looks like he might have been crying. Like, this is very emotional for Vincent. This, this, this whole trial. He thinks she's going to die. This is the second trial that he's like, I don't know if she's coming out of this. Yeah. But she does. She does. She wins. Everything's like, hunky-dory everything's great so let's interlude again uh we're interluding and this is the um bloodlust of sex for the first time this sucks literally all of this is bad this is really this is bad i mean she know that you know it's she's a vampire there's a boy vampire boy she's fallen for they love each other they want to have sex with each other they kind of want to just like lose their virginity to each other and it's all great till it's not. And when she says, like, mm, you don't have my consent anymore, his bloodlust takes over. He doesn't stop. And now it is she's she's, you know, sexually assaulted, finally gets away and she runs to her dad. She does like she knows she wasn't supposed to be out. She knows all these things, but she is a girl who is heartbroken. She um, has just survived this terrible thing. And all her dad, like now, you know, like her dad is out for blood. Basically, he's like, boy's going to learn today. Yeah, boy's going to learn today. He will learn later. He will learn later. Jess, this is the scene now. This is the feast with the dress that is the same fabric as Alana's scarf. You want to see this dress and fan art. Is that correct? Yes, please. So if it's yes, out please. there, please send us a DM. Yes. Would love to see this dress. So this is this is recovery time after the half moon trial. This is a feast. Uh, Vincent is there. Uh, I... There's a quote here where Vincent's like, let's pretend that, oh my God, it's from Gladiator. I just figured it out right now, um, which is so funny because you've been saying Coliseum and that's so right. But uh, Vincent and Aurea have a dance at this feast and Aurea's like, I don't know how to dance. And Vincent's like, let's pretend that I've been a better father and that I've taught you how to dance. That's pulled directly from Gladiator. Wow. I just made that realization. That's it. Like my note says dancing with Vincent feels like a goodbye dance. Oh, absolutely. Doesn't it? It's uh, it's like so sad. Like, yeah. And then he, he even then he's like, 
let's do one last one. So she does like two back to back dances, but they just feel so melancholy. Yep. And Rain is there in all of his like finery, but it's like outdated finery, but it, he's still like looking really good. Uh, Septimus is there. Septimus is there. And we get the mention of Nezamine. Uh, you know, Septimus is just stir- uh, stirring the pot. Fun stuff. Um, but then they get the fuck out of there. They like, they like cheap beer. It is what it is. I mean, sometimes it just hits. Yeah, sometimes it just hits. Sometimes it just hits. They start bonding over like the scarf and what the scarf still smells like and like fashion being 200 years out of date. And this is also where like they're both a little drunk. They're both like really close to each other and not backing away. And this is where Rain gives Orea the opening to murder him in the alley. He's just like, here, take my sword, like put it over there. Like it's just a full opening to murder him. And Orea's like, Nah, because they had an agreement this whole time that they would just be allies up until this half moon trial because they were going back back and forth of like, no, but really, what's in it for you? What's in it for you? Give me the truth. And so that's also been their thing. Like, tell me a truth. Tell me a truth. And they said, and after and after the, you know, that that half moon trial ally, our allyship is over and we're gunning for each other. Yep. And they are so attracted to each other. The attraction is off the charts. This is where Rain starts cooking. They're making sex jokes. They are flying, you know, very long distances to go check on Misha. This is also where Array is like, huh, this is, these are army people. Let's not think about that ever again. <laughs> okay. She's like, gee, you are the leader of these people. He's like, yeah, they were colleagues. Let's <laughs> never, let's never think about it again. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Um, and they, they go back to the palace. It's locked. Everybody starts starving. We have a memory from Araya of like kids in the bed and wings, 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 wings and windows. Um, but then we, we all starve. We're all starving and rain. Tries to control it, can't really control it. Uh, Rain and Araya end up separating. And then, bam, we're in the fourth trial in a poisoned forest. And the poisoned forest, I think it's, you know, Nyaxia is all about her chaos. So she intentionally was starving out every all the remaining contestants. After, let's not forget, after they had just feasted, we also know that... um Rain and Misha were kind of always ahead of the game and kind of stashing food away for themselves. So he was kind of, so he as in Rain was a little bit better off, but none of the other vamps were. And it gets to a point where I put in my notes, I go, why doesn't she just let that man give that man some blood? Even if she just like drifted into a little cup or something. Like, I don't know what she's holding out on. So they have a falling out. And because of this fallout, the next trial, of course, because Nyaxia likes chaos, Snaps her fingers. They're in this poison forest. And because everybody is going through everybody, but um, Araya is going through a bloodlust of hunger. They're attacking the first things that they're seeing. Deer, squirrel, anything that's moving. But the animals are poisoned. And during this, when um, 
when Aurea realizes, she's like, wait, why am I not being chased after? And all the animals are. And then the vampires are turning on each other because they're so poisoned. Her first thought isn't survival. It is, oh my God, I have to tell Rain. And she's like, fuck me. Like, why am I thinking about this boy? But then goes off and finds him anyway. <laughs> yeah, drags him into a cave. They apologize to each other. Uh, she finally offers to feed him. They have sexy bite stuff. And he says, you are the most stunning thing I've ever seen. You know, excellent. excellent. I'm just sad that if we have confirmation of non-humans and, you know, in the galaxy, why can't we have non-human vampires here in on the ground? Yeah, I was like, I would like a vampire to tell me I'm the most stunning thing they've ever seen. <laughs> that would that would just be excellent. Like, come on, come on. Uh, okay, we have we have the revelation here that uh, the Deadlands, the forest, like every where the place that they are in is Saline, and it has been destroyed. That is the town, of course, where Aurea is from. It's just a Vincent destroyed it. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. They are, they have been taken to a forest and that has just been decimated by a war from Vincent. Naxia likes the chaos. What can we say? Uh, so essentially here at this point, there is like poison smoke. So they go get a cloak that protects them and then they fly in 90 second bursts, like up to the arch. Um, Ibrahim is there you know, gang gang. And the final trial then begins the next day because Sivranage might not exist and the Kajari must end. I was just like, oh, damn, I didn't expect that. No. And also it doesn't make sense to me still that they're like, we got to we got to wrap this up because nobody's going to then why are we why are we even doing this now? Like, what's the point of all of this? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, OK, sure, 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 sure. Fine. Which is also what Rain and Orea think, because they're like, fuck it, if we're going to die, she goes, you better be the best sex of my entire life. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, before, 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 before that, before that, though, we have, we must interlude. We must interlude. <sighs> we are interluding. This is where Vincent uh, has Orea kill her lover, like right in front of her. And Araya does. Of course, this is mirrored later on um, in the arena at the final trial. But Araya does kill him. You know, she she looks right at him. She does the whole thing. She kills her lover. You know, good, good honor. And he was her first kill. Mm-hmm. He was her first kill. And Vincent told, told her, um, look in his eyes. Do it this way. Don't like he, he, he is kind of her blueprint in a way. Absolutely. And this is also where Araya confesses to Rain, like, I'm going to become Vincent's Coriate. And this is where um, Rain is like, are you are you losing your mind? Like, Vincent took all of the humans from Salonay. Like, the, he, he knows. He knows that they aren't there. He lets you believe that they aren't here. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you going to bond yourself to this man? It's a give and a take. He's afraid of you. Like, what is going on? And that's there where she just storms into the fucking castle. She's like, Jessamine, go fucking get him. I'm going to talk to him right now. And Vincent's like, again, again, you are my daughter 
in the truest sense of the word, it would never be you. Those humans, they, you could never be like them. They are livestock. This is where he drags her in through the great hall and he sees the army feeding on all the humans. She, he's like, how the fuck do you think you feed an army? Like, wh- like, come on, come on. Let's use, let's use all of our brain here. And, and this is where Array is like, well, damn. Damn. It's a very rude awakening for her, to say the it least. It is. It is. But then she goes and gets dicked down. And, you know, good on her. My my note here says frenzy? Question mark, question mark, I question guess mark. I that too. Oh, I'm so glad. Because it was all about, like, they can't get enough of each other. They have a list. They only were able to get halfway through the list. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. It's passionful. You know, it's very passion. Yeah, because it's not just fucking like they are like in love with each other, even though neither have said it yet. Yeah. And it's and it's just been like flirting up until this point. So, okay, whatever. That's not neither here nor there. You've destroyed me, (laughs) Aurea. You know, all all of this stuff. This is also where Rain tells the story of like, you know, I was turned by and used by an old powerful maker. I was 32. I had a wife and a child. I was in prison for 70 years. I met Nezamine. I, you know, I got Misha. Misha pushed me in the, to the Kajari. She forced my hand. You know, I'll fight to the end. Let's fuck all night. Cool. And they do. And they do. And then we have our final trial. We are backslide of this book. Take us away. Um, oh, the final trial. So really, who are the, le- so we have the final four people. It's Angelica. Abraham has made it this whole time. And so, yeah, it's only four because at this Mm -hmm. point, Ivan, who is Angelica's like partner throughout this whole thing, uh, Rain unalived him because he was threatening, um, Aurea. And he's like, and Angelica's like, put him down. And he goes, okay. And puts him down into like the crazy blood magic smoke. And she's like, no. And so now it's just the four of them in this trial. Ibrahim is out first and Aurea kills him and he's just like it was a really like mad respect moment because he's like you know what I'm glad it was you out of everybody like you fucking deserved it, it, it you know because they were both the underdogs this entire time um then Angelica goes for goes next and then of course as predicted the last two are I mean this is like chapters and chapters of fighting and this and that and turmoil and blah blah like that a lot of that's happening during this final trial and then it becomes between um rain and Aurea, and they both had their like pillow talk of like you can't give up we both have to like give our hardest at the at the end of the battle because that's not the person that like i fell in like with and so they're both gonna bring their a game against each other <laughs> I like that. I like that. They fell in like. I like that a lot. That makes more sense to me. <laughs> there you go. And um, so then she unalives him. She's the whole winner of the right. Woo! And Vincent's so proud, and he's like, "I'm gonna get my like magic power times two. And Axie's like, "What do you want?" And she's like, "I wish Rain won." <laughs> The groan that I made, I like, I like, I took out my headphones. I walked away. I was sick. I was like sick to my 
stomach over this because, because here's the thing in the beginning of the book, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, Araya says like, Nyaxia, if you let me survive this, I'm going to give you all the drama. I'm going to make this so fucking entertaining for you. Like you won't even, you won't even believe what hits you. And then it's like, Nyaxia, wow, she's alive. She's real. She's a goddess. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, and Nyaxia who knows like all of my, my like internal thoughts, like she knows my heart, right? Like I am your daughter, like all of this, all of this like stuff. And then she's like, you are grieving. This is Nyaxia. You are grieving. A dead lover can't break your heart. And then still, Array is like, oh, advice from a goddess? Is that important? Nah. Bring them back. <sighs> please. And here's please, the thing. Please. The th- like, how, how, how would you have... I have two questions here. One's a statement, but my my actual question is, how would you have thought like this was going, like, what did you think was going to happen in this moment? Are you ask, asking yeah, me? Yeah, I'm asking you. I thought she'd be struck down dead because that's how it works. And, and uh, Rain would come back and reveal himself as the heir and fuck shit up. And then we just have his POV. But like... Not that wish. Like, how did you, how did you wish that this, so Aurea wins? What did you expect the next step to be? Did you think she was going to be a Coriate? Cor- yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought she'd be a Coriate because nothing that Aurea has done or nothing that Aurea has done has led me to believe that she would look at Nyaxia and be like, make me the strongest vampire empress that has ever existed. F- and, and forever with unlimited pa- you know like boom 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 let's do our wish stuff uh she does not uh have that she doesn't present that characteristic to me so for her to be like bring them back makes sense but i did think that she would just fulfill everything with vincent and then she would overthrow vincent from the inside See, that would have made sense or even just saying if she wanted to make it about like the lover make it about rain just bring him back to life like spoiler alert shadow hunters like clary does yeah yeah you like, don't have to he bring doesn't have to win he yeah, doesn't have, have to win because if he wins technically she should be struck dead yep like what yep. you said yep i feel like i missed something there None of it happens. I wish Rain had won. Nyaxia is amused. He's alive. What does Rain do? Rain doesn't even fucking look at he's like, he's like, oh, oh. Well, I wanna strip the Rishon air of his power. I'm taking I'm taking everything. I'm taking everything. I want you to unseal the Rishon power, restore the air mark. Let's fuck it up. Let's fuck it up. And Araya is sitting there like, what did I just do? She's dumb. She's dumb. Because one of my notes says, I bet you he's the remaining Rashawn. I have that in my note. I can't find it right now. But that is literally, uh, oh, I have it from part four during the Half Moon Tires. I bet Rain is the next Rashawn heir. I'm telling you. Yeah. Like. Right there. It made sense. It just made sense. And she's like, to, to, to be like, what did I just do? How did you not pick up on it? And even if you did, like, cool, 
rule with him now. And the numbers, they don't, they match like 200 years, 200 years. He's 232 years old. And where there's the overlap. Like where, what? Somebody did not do their girl math. Girl math. <laughs> so, so here we have, oh, Septimus, Septimus. He's part of this. He's part of this army now because, because the, the, the soldiers that array just didn't think about ever again are allied with the House of the Blood and Septimus, and they're all there to, like, have a coup. And Vincent and Rain, there's a nod, there's an understanding. Rain uh, was working with Vincent indirectly. He betrayed Rain, betrayed his king for Vincent. And he's like, I'm sorry, I would have told you, I love you, all of this, like, horrible, like, ending stuff of uh, when Rain ends up killing Vincent. Rain kills Vincent. Rain kills Vincent in front of Orea, and and it's just like, well, I hope you're okay with that. Let's get married. And it's, you know, <laughs> but, you know, and her relationship with Vincent is so strained. That's the problem, because that's also the only father that she's ever known. Even though she's not happy with him, she's so conflicted with this. Yeah, and she he's dying in her arms and she's like or like so upset and he's and he's like trying to like look at her like I'm so sorry, like I love you, all all of this stuff. Like we're all reading between the lines, right? But then Aurea gets the air mark. And and it's supposed to only be like like blood relatives, right? So Aurea has to be has to be the daughter. So my hypothesis is Orea is the daughter of the Rishon queen that Vincent raped when, you know, way back when. And then that daughter was put into hiding or something, something, something was going on there. And then Vincent tracked her down. And that's how that happened. So that's that is my hypothesis on how she, Orea, is able to possess the air mark and now become the mortal enemy of her lover, Rain. Oh, I like that. Yes. 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 Um, and Rain says nasty fucking stuff in the public about about her. But like, I, I understand like working the people and like the like, I'm trying to protect you kind of stuff. But he's like, I'm going to do this just like this. Like, we are re- all of this stuff. It's woof. Woof. But he's like, you know what? But I had to say all of this. Like we, I had to, like, just like Vincent did to our queen, I'm going to do to her. Like, you know, I'm your king. Meh. Meh. It is, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But they get married allies to, to like save, basically to save each other. And I do like this um, because that's explained a little bit later. And then it's like, Aurea is half human. Okay. She's half human. Uh, They're married by the priestess. Rain is completely in love with Aurea. That's what Aurea says. She's like, oh, he's in love with me. But they don't consummate it. They uh, Aurea does not complete her vows fully. Uh, she can't say some of it. And uh, Rain says that he doesn't. I don't know if that's going to be important later. It feels like it'd be important, but who knows? Um, but this is when Jessamine comes like through the window and starts telling Aurea, like, hey, you're queen. What's the plan? Yeah, Jessamine's been working with her. Like, Jessamine has been, feels like... She has been, I don't want to say playing both sides, but she's just like, tell me what to do. I, I'm in your corner after like giving her a hard time after all of this. Yeah. She's like, my loyalty is, is to the house of like Hiaj. Like how, you know, this is like the Hiaj line. Like you're queen. Like 
What do you want me to do? Rain's people are don't really support him. He is a turned slave. He is not like who they want ruling him. He married you so that he could secure the power that you brought being Vincent's heir. Like you are protecting him, not the other way around. Like your army array is ready to fight for you. You have sharper teeth than rain. Like we are ready. You are queen. And she's like, cool, 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 cool. I need information to gather first. I need, I need to learn what is going on. I will get back to you. You be ready. So I assume that is book two. You be ready. You be ready. Um, but then we have our like kind of last, last little interaction here. Um, the painting of the Rashan man is still in the palace, even though everything else has been trashed. Uh, Septimus is there. He's like, are we friends? We're both fighting. What's going on? And then we have, uh, Rain and Aurea. Are you going to kill me, Aurea? Maybe. Not today. Not today. Dun, dun, dun. And then there's book two. <laughs> Amused, interested, frustrated is, I think, how I would sum up this book. Ooh, I like your three-word yeah. thing. Yeah. I, there is something that this book is missing and to me, and it is missing comic relief. Okay. I was going to ask, what do you think captivated such a huge audience? Um, like... I I don't know about you, but like when I started reading this book, I went into it completely blind um, with the exception of I remember so many people talked about it on socials. But I didn't. But like what was said, I don't know. It's just that everybody loved it. I also do not remember what was said about it on socials. I just remember seeing the cover all the time and everybody saying that it was really good. I also went into it pretty blind and was surprised by the plot. What captured everybody? Hard to say. Maybe it was just like something new and different and not, uh, you know, the the standard kind of thing and it hit at the right time. Maybe. Uh, you know, who can say? Uh, they're not all vampire stuff hits for everybody. So that could be part of it, too. You know, it's like maybe you want new vampire stuff. You know, vampires are coming back around. Who can say? I am slightly interested, uh, right? Like right now, I have kind of the urge to go into book two just to kind of get answers because I'm not convinced that the the nuggets that are dropped here are going to pay out in book two, and I want to be very much proven wrong. Oh, like like how we were saying, like what was the point of bringing up pineapple if like a yeah. pineapple isn't a healing fruit? <laughs> Yeah, like show, like show me, you you know, like dazzle me. I want to be dazzled, like that. That's that's what I want. So uh, that that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Jess, I have said that Nyaxia showing up is my favorite part of the book. What's yours? Uh oh, I think I like the half moon scene. Like thinking about it, just initial thoughts. Um, because I like the idea of all the work that they've put into. Um, building the trust, building their like tandem fighting has kind of culminated to this moment where they truly it was life or death. And then it was her saving herself, even at the end of all of that, because at the end of that pit 
even when he was still fighting, she was being attacked and she had to rely on her own self and her own power to get her out of it. Not a partnership. And you know how I feel about that. Like somebody should always add to your life. You shouldn't be like one half of something. And that is a really good way, I think, to end this episode, too, because there's a lot of emphasis on Nyaxia stepping into her power and really claiming everything for herself. And I think that maybe book two could be Aurea stepping into her power, into this new role that she's in and changing the world. And if that's the case, I'm very excited for it. So feel free to follow us on Instagram, we're at Akafe Podcast, and you could also find us both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Feel free to reach out. Uh, thank you for listening. And let us know if you want us to do a follow-up for this. We might, but um, it, com- it comes down to y'all. So we look forward to hearing from you, and we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.